Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Robin Tobe. Robin Tobe is a financial writer, speaker, and consultant, a chartered professional accountant by training. Robin is also a best-selling author of Raising Money Smart Kids, How to Teach Your Kids About Money While Learning a Few Things Yourself, a book that gives parents the information and skills they need to teach their kids about money. In my interview with Robin, we discuss some of the issues to consider when deciding to renovate or move, what COVID-19 may mean for the future of housing and personal finance as it relates to affordability. Without further ado, here's my interview with Robin Tobe. Hi Robin, how are you doing today? Hey Sean, good thanks, how are you? Pretty good, I'm really excited to be speaking with you today on the podcast, we've been trying to organize this for a while, so excited to finally be recording it with you. I'm excited to be here too. Awesome, well let's get started. My understanding just from chatting with you before the podcast is that you lived in your first house for about eight years and then you've been in your second house for about 20 years, what's next for you in terms of real estate and home ownership? Well, that's the big question right now, because the stage of life that I'm at, I have an almost empty nest. I have one of my one of my kids, my daughter has moved into a, a condo downtown in Toronto. She's renting and my son is still living at home with us, but probably not for much longer. And as you said, I've been in this house for 20 years. When we bought it, we did a complete renovation gut job. But 20 years later, stuff gets worn out. We've already made some minor repairs, some major repairs, but so styles have changed. At this point, we're looking at, do we renovate and stay? How much renovation do we do? Or do we move? We're kind of at a crossroads. And I'm sure that there there's other people out there that are in this situation right now, too. And that's great that you bring that up. If somebody was in the same situation as you, of course, it's a lifestyle as well as a financial decision. Like what are some of the factors that someone should weigh as well as like factors that you're weighing in terms of lifestyle? Perhaps you might like having some of that extra space because if you were, I'm not sure where you were, would be considering downsizing to whether it's a, a condo or a townhouse, but you wouldn't have those spare bedrooms to have somebody to, to stay over if one of your kids wanted to come back. If you wanted to renovate the property, I guess you'd have to dip into your savings or take some of the equity out of your property. So perhaps you could just kind of talk about that yeah. and things people should consider and, and how you're weighing the different factors and coming up with a final decision in terms of that. Yeah. So you're right. It isn't just a financial decision there. It's a lifestyle decision too. And a lot of, as you know, with real estate, it's location, 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 <laughs> the old cliche. 
our house is in a great location, I think. We live in Toronto. We're midtown. We're near Eglinton Avenue, and they've been in the process of doing this LRT development for a few years. And it's been like hard and horrible living with the construction and all the traffic detours. But when it's finished, I think it's going to also make this neighborhood even more valuable and convenient to be able to use public transit. I also have, like you said, a lot of space because it's a single family detached home. And with the pandemic, I think there's such a premium now on having more space. I feel like now my house is my gym. It's always, I've always had a home office for the last long while. So that hasn't really changed for me. But, you know, we don't really go to restaurants. I can't see us doing that very much. So it's also our restaurant. It's also our bar. We have a nice outdoor patio. I can have an, like a little space where I can work outside. I just appreciate having all this additional room right now. And I just don't know when things are going to go back to the way they were before if, or if they ever will. I think that's why I'm much more inclined to stay for, for two main reasons. A, because I think the location's fantastic and B, because I'm really appreciating how much space I have. And right now with one kid at home, it's really nice to have the extra room. And if the other one wants to come back, she doesn't seem to want to sleep here, but you never know. Or God forbid, if she wasn't well or something and she had to self-isolate, we could do that here. That's really where my thoughts are right now that I really would like to stay here. And it's kind of, we've done so many improvements over the lockdown period. My husband was repairing things that we just never got around to. We decluttered, we went through all the cupboards in the basins with my kids' old stuff from camp and school and, you know, all, all the toys and everything that we just never made the time to deal with. That has been really great. And now it's like, what's next? I don't know if you have any questions about that, but I can sort of tell you what areas of the house I would think about improving if, if we, we go that route. Sure. Well, that's really interesting. You mentioned about people wanting extra space. I didn't really think about that, but it's totally makes sense with the current pandemic situation. I'm sure you wouldn't want to be crammed in a shoebox condo right now where <laughs> it's pretty much your your gym, your entertainment, your yeah. everything. So that, that totally makes sense. I guess the point that I wanted to touch on is in terms of renovations, you might do the properties and it sounds like you're going to be staying here for the next while. Are you able to pay for these from personal savings? Like yeah. any advice for people about figuring out how to pay for some, some of these renos? Because I'm sure some people's finances might have been affected yeah. because of COVID. And then if they're going to be staying at their property and doing these renovations, as, as you know, renovations don't come cheap when you're hiring people to do stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. We have tried to do as much of the repairs and things on our own because my husband's pretty handy. Although it was hard for a while, you couldn't even really go to a hardware store, but he's able to do quite a lot on his own. But some of the larger things we've had to do. So for example, in the last month, we had to repair our, the stonework in our back patio. And that was the real, that's a serious job. We actually tried to repair some of it ourselves last summer, but it didn't work. We had to use professionals. And then there's also the, the fact that you feel like you're keeping somebody's small business going during this time. So I actually felt pretty good about that. And they did a fantastic job. And it was like, it was a dangerous thing, like, because the patio was very uneven. Then some of the risers on the steps were like literally fallen off. That kind of thing, you, you know, you have to do. But the other things we're considering now are the classics, the kitchen and the bathrooms. 
it's really more a question of the, in the kitchen, for example, cabinets get banged up over the years. And again, I, this kitchen's 20 years old. It still looks pretty good. But if you look closely, the, the cabinets are kind of hacked up. The floor is a little worn because it's it was done two decades ago. We have the kind of cupboards in our kitchen that make, a, they slam shut. <laughs> And, you know, they're not that soft closing type of cabinetry. Do you know what I mean? The drawers that like glide to a close. Mm -hmm, Yes. Yeah. So I don't have that here. And we all cook a lot, especially in the last few months, but we always have. There's a lot of banging around in our kitchen. And my home office is fairly close to the kitchen. I would love to not have to listen to that anymore. We're looking at what can we do in the kitchen short of like a full scale, like rip the whole thing out and start over. Because really everything's in pretty good condition other than the cabinets and some of the tiles and we like the layout and we like the amount of space so you know can can you do things a little bit less expensively like can you just replace the cabinet doors and the drawer fronts and the hardware instead of like brand new cabinetry you know those kinds of facelifts can really make an old kitchen look new or maybe just pulling out the sink for a new one you know our sink's pretty like scratched up and stuff something like the countertop I liked I'm a little tired of it it would be nice to get a new one but that's more of a nice to have and not a need to have that's kind of what I'm thinking in the kitchen just in terms of like how you pay for that like again depending on what you're spending like a a massive kitchen renovation where you're buying new appliances and everything like that is like you really have to have a plan for how you're going to pay for that if you're doing more minor things like just replacing cabinet doors and door fronts that might be something you can do yourself less expensive that's something we'd probably be able to do out of savings that kind of a thing but if we were to do like brand new kitchen, that's going to be tens of thousands of dollars. And that would be, it It would require a different approach. So I guess to sum up your advice, be realistic in terms of your renovations and maybe try not to turn on HGTV because you're probably going to end up (laughs) going way over budget if you do that. Well, I think it's, yeah, well, it's not just the budget. Well, because with renos with budget, it's all about like what level of finish you do. So you you always have choices. You can do cheap tile, expensive tile, less expensive hardware, more expensive. There's always a range, which which is great. I think it's more scope than I'm scared of because I feel like, there could be scope creep. So you start off thinking, oh, I'm just going to do the cabinet, the front and the drawers. But the next thing you know, it's the old while we're at it, let's redo the floors. And while we're at it, let's replace the countertop. And while we're at it, what about new appliances? Because the old ones are going to look shabby. And then that scope creep that I think you have to be really careful of. Great advice. And thanks for sharing your story in, in terms of that. Let's shift gears for a moment. So you mentioned sure. that your daughter was renting a condo and by staying from our conversation earlier is that the plan is eventually for her to buy her own property. Perhaps you could just talk about how she's going to go out doing that if, if you're yeah. going to be helping her out at all. Or when you're buying in a big city in Canada, it's certainly challenging to, I'm not sure if she's buying on her own or with a partner, but mm-hmm. it's certainly more challenging these days than it was 20 or 30 years ago. So So perhaps you could just talk about how she's setting herself up financially to do that and how you're helping her out as well accomplishing that. Both my kids went away to university. She was at Western and she came back and knew that she wanted to move out. Like I think that having her independence and having her freedom was really appealing to her. When did she, so she graduated in 2018, I believe, the spring of 2018, got a job right out of university and was pursuing her CPA designation. So she knew she was going to stay home until after she'd written the CPA exams just to be able to have that 
the support that we could provide her because she was also working full time and it's really difficult to work. Busy season hours are crazy in an accounting firm. And so after she wrote the exams in September of 2019, she just decided it was time to to move out. She moved out in November. She she found a condo downtown in like the, the, the business district, which is close to her office with a roommate. And it's like a pretty, it's a, it's a high rise, two bedroom unit in a high rise. I think she's on like the 24th floor or something like that. And she felt that the rent, it, it's a lot for her. It's probably half a paycheck or so, but she felt that it was worth it. And she wanted to experience living downtown. Then the pandemic and all kinds of stuff makes living in dense high rise condos a little different than what it used to be. The elevators and that kind of stuff being close to people I think they've already closed all the like the common amenities like the gym and stuff like that but she's basically been in this pretty small space working from home since March <laughs> I always said to her don't rush into anything see if you like living downtown you're young now you might not want to be in the party zone <laughs> when you're a little older right now she really likes it but when the pandemic hit we thought well maybe it's a good time to buy like let's kind of keep an eye on the on the condo market a really good friend of mine is an agent in a broker. So she, my daughter spoke to her and what we've discovered is that the demand for two bedroom condos is extremely strong still. Like I think everyone wants like a two bedroom, two bathroom. Prices haven't really fallen for that. Maybe in the one bedroom, one bathroom configuration, maybe there's been more movement in price. But we thought maybe with some of these short-term Airbnb units coming online and people can't carry them. So there's more supply. There's lots of new condos being built all the time. We thought maybe we'd see some kind of movement in prices. So right now we're just keeping an eye on the market. With a wait and see approach. Sure. And what, what specific advice, if any, would you give to younger folks looking to prepare themselves for a home ownership? I mean, it's great that that you mentioned that your daughter has a roommate rather than just carrying the whole property on her own, because I'm sure right. that would eat into a lot of her cash flow and she wouldn't even be able to save any money at all. So that's certainly a great piece of advice, but any other tips for younger folks looking to prepare themselves for home ownership in terms of their finances? Well, right now, I mean, I think the money that you would otherwise have been spending on travel or entertainment, concerts and going out for dinner. It's just not happening right now because of COVID-19. I think that you might be able to save more than you might have been able to before or your goals have changed and maybe now housing is is a higher priority and you're willing to really prioritize it and sacrifice other things. I think if you have what feels like a steady job, the reliable income, and but you can start saving and you, interest rates are low if you qualify. Now lenders might start to become a little more careful and lending standards might tighten. It might become harder to qualify for mortgages. We'll have to see how that goes. But you know, I think try to save as much as you can right now while you are restricted from doing things. So some of the money you would have spent on that going out stuff, maybe try to divert it towards savings in a tax-free savings account where it can grow a little bit faster and then you can pull it out when you need it. I mean, I think we will probably help her because we can afford to. We would like to be able to help her, but she's the one who's got to figure out what she can afford to carry, including the monthly maintenance. And as you said, like having a roommate would be part of that strategy, assuming we could find a two bedroom that makes sense. She's a really hard worker and she seems to be on a good career path. Hopefully her earning potential will go up from here. So I think we feel like it's a good investment in her and in her future to help her when the time comes. 
Yes, well, best of luck to her. And I I really like how you framed it about like a lot of people see COVID-19 as a negative thing. And certainly it's, it's not really a positive thing by any means. Maybe it teaches people more about personal hygiene, washing their hands and, <laughs> and stuff. But I really like how you said there's an opportunity in terms of people's personal finances. Like if you haven't been laid off in your current employment situation, the money that you'd normally be spending on traveling and restaurants and stuff like that, you can really turbocharge your savings. And maybe if you're only able to save 10% of your income, you might be able to save like 30, 40% of your income over the last few months. And you know, the pandemic is certainly isn't over yet, even though the economy is reopening, restaurants are reopening, but it's not yeah. like you can travel outside the country. Like so there's use. still really a great opportunity, maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity to really get into the habit of saving. And maybe if you like being able to save that amount of money, certainly I'm I'm sure people will go back to whatever the new normal is, but I would argue that you could keep your savings rate up higher than it was pre-pandemic. So if there's something positive to come out of it, that, that would be one thing I would say. Yeah, I think there have been some silver linings in this whole pandemic. I recently wrote about this because I feel like before we did a lot of things out of habit and routine, including the way we spent money on stuff, you know, whether it was your classic latte factor or like in my case, I was working out a lot outside of the home and at these boutique fitness places that were fairly expensive. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and I couldn't do that anymore. And I had to start doing stuff from home online. But I found that I've actually, I enjoy it more, frees up so much time not to have to go out to do it. And it's so much less expensive, so much less. So like things like that, that you might not be aware of how much you're spending on these monthly things like subscriptions, like if it's a gym or even, you know, other things that you may have subscribed to, whether it's apps or delivery services that you now realize you can live without. Like, I think for a lot of us, the pandemic was a bit of a wake up call, like what's really important? What do we really need? And what can we live without? And I think when you realize there's lots of things you can live without, those are also areas to look to cut back your spending and to divert that towards savings. Well, Robin, it's been great having you on the podcast today. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with the listeners? So I've been doing some writing for some of the banks, and I've also been answering people's questions about mostly related to to things going on as a result of the pandemic through BNN, the Bloomberg Business News Network. There's some short videos, and there's a whole bunch of different contributors, and I have been one of them. For more information about what I do, and where I've been speaking. I also actually did a, it was fun, it was a a Zoom talk about raising money smart kids for North Toronto Moms Group. And it was supposed to be in person, but we pivoted and we did it via Zoom and that was really cool too. Just to, if you're interested in learning more about what I do and where I might be speaking or things I've written, you can just go to my website, which is robintobe.com. So Robin with an I, Tobe is T-A-U-B. And you can also find me on Twitter, on LinkedIn and Facebook and a little bit on Instagram, but not, not much for work. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Please reach out if you have any comments about some of the discussion the the discussion Sean and I had today or some of the points we raised about staying versus renovating your house or kids that are looking at buying condos now I'd love to hear from you thanks for listening to another episode of the burn your mortgage podcast besides being a podcast host I'm also an independent mortgage broker if you or anyone you know family friends co-workers or 
or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at Sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.